Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast, episode 42. I'm Orion. I'm half of the hosts here. And I'm here with Peter. Give an acknowledging sound, Peter. You're half a host? I'm, I'm, did I say half a host? No, I just... Oh, okay. Twisted your... You're half a host. (laughs) Wait a minute. No, you. Uh, We talk Bible on this show. And because we talk Bible, we're likely to bring up some things that you really emphatically agree with and or disagree with. Um, Bible's that way. It's kind of polarizing. And Jesus is that way. Something about a sword coming to divide. Oh, joints and marrow? That too. Yeah. Uh, We can be contacted if you've got some conversation you want to join us in facebook page you can uh, visit facebook.com slash more than hearers instagram you can follow there um there's an amount of activity there it happens uh, sometimes. at more than hearers email us just regular old email i'm old now because i'm consider email old yeah yeah <laughs> but email podcast at more than hearers.com and if you're on a podcast app, you can leave us a positive review, like a five stars. Yeah, getting hyped up. You feel that? Ooh, yeah, five, five stars. stars. <laughs> and if you want, you can donate to this ministry through PayPal via the email address podcast at morethanhearers.com through the PayPal website or service on your phone. We are in the book of Luke. Chapter 19, Peter, thank you for your acknowledging sound. Uh, indeed. I, I, we've been friends for a time. An amount of time. And we both have our, our reason, maybe, I don't want to put this on you, but I'm going to put it on you. I would I, say we're both reasonably a little geeky. Uh-huh, I'll wear that. Okay, I can't believe you just said this is episode 42. I don't like. What? I don't like. What? The Hitchhiker's Guide guy. Why? Because uh, it was probably what it was. Is I, there was like a deleted scene from the movie. Okay. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh-huh. I've never seen the movie. Uh, and the, there was a deleted scene, and it made fun of God. Oh, I didn't know this. And I went, I didn't like that very much. No, I enjoyed good. the movie. We enjoyed the. I enjoyed the movie with friends, and then it was like at the end, it was like special features, and we're like ah, okay, you know, we're gonna watch some special features, and we get there, and then uh, I didn't like that very much. Now I don't like that whole movie, and then I re- I and it was really when I read up about the guy. What's do you know his name? I can't, I can't remember, remember right now, but I'll figure it out while you're talking. But yeah, he he had. I mean, he's a satirist and whatever, but uh, yeah, he used God as Douglas a Adams. For, Douglas Adams, yeah. Uh, so anyway. I know he is very influential and bring a towel and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I'm not that into for reasons. If you have no idea what we're talking about. In this book, never mind the film, which apparently is garbage. In the book, they ask a computer, the second, uh, second greatest computer ever, what the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is. And the computer says 42. That's right. We're on episode 42. Yeah, so there's your 42 reference. I'm not going to tell you that Luke 19 is the answer, the ultimate answer to life and the universe and everything. Well, the, However, the Bible is. Yeah, this, I was going to say the surrounding text. And Luke 19 is in the Bible, so take with that what you want. Welcome to episode 42. 
Luke 19. I, I was sharing with Orion pre-show. <laughs> if you count 19, uh, there's six chapters left in Luke. I can't believe we're already that close to the end. And with some of the content that's going to come up in this chapter, you're going to go, we're almost to the end. If I didn't even tell you there were six chapters left, you'd be like, whoa, what? So let's dig into it. Jesus entered Jericho, this is verse 1, and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now I have to tell you, when kid who grew up in church and in Sunday school, there are some Zacchaeus songs. I've never heard them. I'm not singing them. Oh, dang it. No, 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 no. So I still will not have heard them. Yeah, I don't, I don't sing uh, for people. Can you recite some lyrics? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Wow. He climbed way up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. This is a real song? Yeah. yeah. A wee little man. A wee little man and a wee little man was he. Okay. Yeah. So he climbed way up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Okay. Zacchaeus, tax collector. I can't remember if we've talked tax collectors on the podcast oh, before. Oh, yes. We have. Okay. Ryan's like, yeah, we're not doing yes, that again. And recently. <laughs> That's enough of that. They're bad dudes. Nobody likes them at all. And it's evidenced in this story. Uh, it's not immediately apparent on the surface. Jesus is coming through Jericho. Jericho's like uh, on the way to Jerusalem. We're going to get to the end of chapter 19, and you're going to find out this is like the final trip to Jerusalem on the way to Jerusalem. That's... How on the way to Jerusalem this is. But quick summary, uh, Romans didn't care for tax collectors because they didn't, they didn't need them. They were just peop- Jews that were collecting their own people's taxes for the Roman government. So they were kind of peons or whatever. Right. And then the Jews didn't like the tax collectors because in order to make their own money, they had to... Uh, Steal. They had to pay... They had to charge the Roman tax plus their own. And, and that amount could be whatever they wanted. Right. Uh, and, and people, when given that kind of power, tend to not uh, do well. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't. Nah. It's the phrase, and I know it's a terrible phrase too, because okay. God is absolutely powerful. Oh, so, but not corrupt. So it requires more parameters. So I've never liked that phrase because it's too it's too pinpoint, but not de, de, it's not. There's no asterisk. Enough. Yeah, it needs an asterisk. Right. Except God. It's like the phrase: "There are no absolute truths." Which That's itself absolutely is an true. absolute statement, yeah. so therefore it's a lie. Exactly. It's whatever. <laughs> Which anyway, means there are absolute truths. Here's how much Zacchaeus isn't liked. Jesus is coming into town, and Zacchaeus can't get a good seat. He didn't even have a buddy who's like, hey man, if you get on my shoulders, good, homie. Or like, I got good seats, come sit with us. Like, nobody wants this guy around, but he's got to see Jesus because everybody else is doing it. There's nobody to steal from right now because they're all lining up to see this Jesus guy. Jesus is the biggest deal in Israel right now. Everybody knows who he is, everybody knows his name. We're going to see by the end of this chapter how excited people really are about this Jesus guy. Some people aren't real excited about him, but they still know who he is. They just want him dead. But um, So it says he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And I love this. When Jesus reached the spot, this is verse 5, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And I think that's funny because you got to see Zacchaeus like, I got to see this Jesus cat. Uh, nope, nobody's around. I'm going to climb up in this tree. Oh, man, he's coming this way. Oh, man, he's coming this way. 
you know, Jesus stops at the bottom of his tree and now everybody's, because everybody's eyes are on Jesus. Everybody's eyes are on the short tax collector hiding up in the tree. Mm-hmm. Awkward. Like, way awkward. And Jesus goes, hey, calls him by name. I love it. There's Zacchaeus. Uh-oh, he knows my name. Oh, no. Uh, can you come down? I, uh, we're going to have dinner at your house. Um, y'all like Chick-fil-A? No, I'm just kidding. Mm. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now here's what's weird. Verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Here's why this is weird. Between verse 7 and 8, the way it's written, it's like Jesus, uh, Zacchaeus came down from the tree. The people are like, he's going to eat with a sinner. And then it's like right there, Zacchaeus like blurted out. Yeah. I'm going to give it. No, no, there's a time gap Oh, between those two. Because it's not like Zacchaeus climbed down from the tree and sat on the ground. Okay. It says, uh, but Zacchaeus stood up, right? They're probably reclining around the table at Zacchaeus's house. I think he jumped out of the tree so? and under his own weight, collapsed down all to a full crouch, and then stood up. You're trying to. Am I reaching? Yeah, a little. <laughs> okay. You're reaching up into the tree to help him down. Because, <laughs> well, because he was such a, a wee little man. A uh, wee he, little man was he. He probably wouldn't have collapsed very much under his own wee weight. <laughs> Unless he was a fat wee man. Okay. A wee fat man? With scrawny legs. I'm yes. getting a visual of this Zacchaeus after all. It looks kind of like the penguin. Oh, no. The DeVito penguin? I was going to say, <laughs> perhaps Danny DeVito could play Zacchaeus in an upcoming feature film. I'll direct. <laughs> so Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And if you've been around church for any length of time, you had to have heard this story at least once, if not more. I did some digging a couple of years ago because I I did a message off of this passage. And one of the things I always wonder, I've been alluding to it, basically towards the end of this chapter is Palm Sunday. So we're a week, week and a half right here at the Zacchaeus story from the crucifixion. And there were other guys like Bartimaeus, a blind guy, sitting by the side of the road who Jesus heals of his blindness on his way to Jerusalem for the crucifixion. Those people who had those interactions with Jesus, Zacchaeus in particular, because Jesus didn't do anything miraculous to him, right? It's right. not like he, like, just in the presence of Jesus, he was convicted of his sin right. and repented and chose another path. He awoke Zacchaeus. He got, Zacchaeus is woke? Yep. Oh, man, I love these buzzwords that's cool with the kids these days. I don't know if we used it right, but there it is. <laughs> we tried. Here's, here's what I've always wondered, and I, I did some research a couple years ago, and I got the answer on this. And maybe it's a reflection of me. Maybe it's a reflection of you. I wondered. Zacchaeus goes, I'm going uh, to pay back uh, four times the amount. Uh, anybody I've cheated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give half my possession to the poor and pay back four times Anybody I've cheated. If you do the math on this, you do that more than a handful of times, and then you are out of money. Agreed. But a week and a half later, the guy he promised to do that is dead. Okay. If it were me, I'd be like, well, that's enough giving back. (laughs) 
Am I wrong? Peter. Am I wrong? Mm, no, I mean... We know the rest yeah. of the story. Yeah. He didn't know the rest of the story. All right. Yeah. I, right? The, the, what you've raised there is is literally... It's like a, a an eternal question. If... And Paul addresses it in, in one of the scriptures, that if Jesus did not resurrect from the dead, then we are to be pitied above all others. Like, we're... We're wasting our time. We're True. fools. Okay. Okay. There's all this stuff. And then if Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead, then there is no hope for anyone. And then go ahead and do whatever you want to anybody because there's no consequences for it. Right. Because there's no, there's no hope for good consequences anyway. Get what you can from life and get. And that's, that's what people, if they're... If they don't have the hope of Christ, that's what they have to look forward to is how, what can I get out of life that, uh, without going to prison or maybe even going to prison? I mean, they, you know, it, it, if there's no hope, then what do you care? And it's a dangerous place to be. But what you've raised is, was Zacchaeus because he would, like you said, I, yeah, we know the rest of the story. I would be, I, I think by default, oh, no, no, you, know, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. But if, the, if you had put all of your hope into this guy and then he died— in that uh, thirty-six hour period or whatever, where he was dead, your hope would have been completely dashed. Yeah. So yeah, why you know, any promise you made no longer matters? I mean, that's where you, we get right. We get with right depression. Yeah, yeah. So I say that to say this: I did a little research in history records, church history in particular, but history records Zacchaeus, the first bishop of Caesarea. Wow, the Good guy gave up his life of tax collecting. And went, basically went into ministry. Was so moved by his meeting with Jesus that he was changed beyond just that moment. Um, and that's why I brought it up. I, was, I got to think, well, I wonder whatever happened to this dude. So I did some research. And that's uh, apostolic constitution or something in the, the third century. Tells stories of Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus the publican as the first bishop of Caesarea. It may be true. It, there's no reason to think that it wasn't. Okay. Okay, there we go. So that's it. That's all I've got on that. I think it's cool. Um, like I said, my my take on that of, of what would have happened at Jesus' crucifixion is maybe, like I said, my own mess. Um, but there it is. Okay. So uh, verse 11. Orion, you ready? While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants. He gave them 10 minas, 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 Mm. Ryan, help me. Uh, I'm going to say minas. Minas worth about three months wages. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him. Ah. Sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. This is a rough story. Ah, wait, there's more. Oh, I know it. He was made king, however, and returned home. And then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they'd gained with it. Uh, And I'm going to get to that. But I want to wait. Because there's something in there, but there's also something in here. So Jesus is hanging out. He's at Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to give all this money back. And Jesus goes, I'm going to tell you a story. He goes, uh, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king. 
And then fast forward, he goes, but his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be king. Kind of a weird story, right? Well, I mean, it sounds like he's alluding to something. It happened. (laughs) It actually happened. So the Herod of the time died. Okay. There were two dudes. uh, I'm going to do my best to pronounce their names. Antipas. I've heard that. And then A-R-C-H-E-L-A-U-S. Archelaus. Okay. Archelaus. I don't know. Both sound good. Both thought they had claim to the, the role as Herod. So they went to Rome to Caesar to lay their claim and be anointed Herod over the region. The Jews hated Antipas. So they sent a delegation to Rome behind them to appeal to Caesar and go, anybody but Herod, no Antipas. And Caesar went, Herod Antipas it is, is what happened. But this actually happened. And Herod Antipas was over uh, Israel, actually the region. I can't remember what Rome called the region at the time. But basically, Herod Antipas was ruling at this time. So when Jesus goes, uh, let me tell you a story. Let's pretend a man of noble birth uh, went to a distant country to have himself appointed king. And the people are like, we're listening and he goes, uh, before he went, he called uh, 10 of his servants. He gave them 10 minus, put this money to work. But his subjects hated him. And people were like, yeah, we did. And they sent a delegation uh, after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. And the people were like, yeah, that didn't work out. But that's exactly what we did. And we still don't want him to be king. Like this was, this was more than like one of those weirder parables that you're like, what is Jesus talking about? This was relevant, super relevant to the audience. And he was made king, however, returned home, and the people were like, yeah. And then he sent for the servants to whom he'd given the money in order to find out what they'd gained with it. And the first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. And he says, Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you've been very trustworthy in a small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Second one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. And then another servant came and said, Sir, here's your mina. I've kept it and laid it away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man and you take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. And his master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man taking out what I didn't put in and reaping what I didn't sow. Well, then, why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, Take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Oh, sir, they said he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Mm, Okay. You all right? Uh, I'm wondering why you mentioned all that Herod as king stuff. I mentioned it only because... Because it's I, a curveball? Because that's not what this is about. No. But to the audience at the time, Jesus would have had them on the edge of their seat. Because this was relevant to them in their day. Okay. Are you but, with me? Yeah. Except that, who is the real king here that he's talking about? What do you mean? In like, this parable. Because he's the king. He's the king. Yeah. I mean, the whole next... 
because part is about him the as whole king. the whole lead in right is while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Yeah. That's the whole king principle here. And he is the coming king. Uh, yeah, but not the one they're looking for. Sure. At all. But. Okay. Okay, so I I take this parable to be about Jesus as king. Okay. Doling out uh, responsibilities. Sure. To... Everyone gifts, talents, etc. Yes, yes. And then at the end, he has some of them hauled before him and killed. And that's rough. Yeah. But that's that's how I understand this. Am I wrong? It, sort of. This is more um, the the people hauled before him and killed are not any of the people he gave uh, minus to. Uh, he did. No, 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 no. No, no. Uh, oh. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them. Well, the, but that includes... Oh, okay. No, okay. no, two separate things. He went off to a far land to be made king. A delegation was sent after him to tell the... To basically, to tell Caesar he, they didn't want him as king. Gotcha. Yeah, and yeah. that doesn't okay. work. He gets made king anyway. He comes back. He goes, where are those people that tried to talk mess? Uh, bring sure. them here. Sure. Off with their heads. True enough. But, okay, so that puts these servants maybe as the disciples or something like that followers, to Jesus. right. Followers, yeah. But then the enemies. Those who reject I mean, the so, king. So this parable, which he's, Jesus is telling in the company of his enemies. And his followers. Yeah, it's mixed company. Yeah. It's, this is one of the hardest stories in here for me because it's, uh, it's not lamb carrying Jesus. It hasn't been for several chapters. Uh, have you right. been listening to the previous episodes? I should, I should go back and check yeah, those out. You probably should. Okay. <laughs> I haven't either. I've listened to a couple of them. It's just rough. It's just, it's rough. This is one that people who don't, um, that haven't surrendered to Jesus, they struggle with when they open a Bible and someone shows them this and they go, Hey, this is Jesus. And he's yeah, I'm going to slaughter my enemies. You know, or he's going to, he's going to have other, people or being slaughter his enemies before him it's like bloodthirsty jesus is how it looks and it's tough it this is this is those who reject jesus as king over them right which i is, don't want you to be king over me romans 10 confess with their mouth jesus as lord yes. uh, ruler king if you will yes he's got to be king that's what it takes to be saved if you want to reject him as king fine but you don't get to be part of the kingdom. Not very fine, really. No, no. It's like I mean, terrible. No, not fine. Right? It's, it's the dumbest. Uh, it's dumb. I mean, yeah, you get to reject him. Like, right. That's what you say by fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, okay, that's what you have chosen to do. Yeah. But it's the worst thing in the world. It's like it's, the worst thing you can do. Aside from leading a young one astray, I think is the worst. Millstone around your neck that's thrown the, into the sea. the actual worst. No, I think it was the last episode. Yeah. Or two episodes ago. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, this is... Uh, this is the weighty. I mean, we don't need to stay on that, but I just wanted, I want to, because you, you were going with this Herod thing, and I don't want to leave anyone the impression that that parable is about Herod. No, or, no, no, no. But what I, the whole reason I brought that up is just the relevance. I, of it. I didn't know that, so I appreciate that back it's, in the story. And it's why sometimes I think you see when Jesus tells these parables to us, we're like, well, duh. But to the listeners, they're like, talking about Herod? Because hmm. he's, he's king. I, mean, I didn't go to Rome and tell them I wanted to be king. I'm safe. Sure. Like, and it's so funny because if you're in the NIV, the NIV's got these uh, headings that aren't in the original text. And the immediately the next heading is, Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. Here we go. Verse uh, 28. 
After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached uh, Bethpage, Bethphage. Yeah, that's it. I like that one. Yes. Bethphage. Bethphage, yes. Bethphage. (laughs) It's fancy. They make fine eggs there. No, that's Fabergé. Sorry. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you're going to find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Yes. This is, this is where I get, this is why I can't teach children's ministry, all right? Because to me, all I see is the disciples going to town. And like, say there's more than one cult. And like, you go to the cult. Has anyone ever ridden you before? Right. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, that's why I can't do children's ministry. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as they told him or just as he had told them. And uh, as they were untying the colt, its owners go, why are you untying the colt? <laughs> Translation, <laughs> why are you stealing my colt? <laughs> yeah. They replied, the Lord needs it. And the people said, okay, except that verse isn't in here. But <laughs> it obviously worked because it says they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and they put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Can you see this? Mm-hmm. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. And then they shouted, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. I don't know if you know this or not. This is a direct quote of Psalm 118.26. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Uh, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, you need to rebuke your disciples. They're, They're blaspheming, according to... The Pharisees. Yeah, he looks kind of like they're worshiping you. Yeah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Like, that's the Lord. Like, can't, you need to hush him. And Jesus goes, verse 40, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, we had a song about this too. I don't even know the melody. I just remember there was a song. And it remembers a little kid in church going, we should like get word to everybody on the whole planet. And like pick a day, September 18th, I don't know what, a day. And nobody praised God just because I wanted to see rocks praise God. You wanted to hear the original rock band. Yeah, like to me it was like we should make this happen. It's sort of a don't put the Lord your God to the test thing. Yeah. But as a kid, like it was childlike. Very clever. Yeah, okay. So it was an interesting thing to me. Um, It's that simple. It says elsewhere in scripture that God inhabits the praises of his people. Therefore, God will be praised. It's where he lives. If we don't praise him, the rocks are going to do it. The waves are going to, something's going to do it because that's where God lives. I don't know. Loose theology that doesn't matter. Here we go. I'm going to keep praising God. How about you? Uh, Yeah, it's fine. Okay, good. It's good. We'll do it. If nobody else will. (laughs) We should get some people to help us. As he approached, verse 41, as he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you... Even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but is now hidden from your eyes. These days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Now, we had a discussion a couple weeks ago, Ryan, at the end of an episode about 
A.D. 70. Yes. Not 1870. 70 A.D. Uh, right. The year 70 A.D. Yes. This is 70 A.D. if nothing else is. Uh, yeah. I, I never saw this before, but... Um, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against yeah. you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. You're familiar with Masada? Yeah, that's exactly what happened at Masada. That's yeah. I don't know. Did the it, siege ramp is still there. Yes. Yeah. It's too big to move. I mean, the slave labor that built it is now gone. So yeah. there's no reason to move it. Yeah. But did that? I mean, did that happen? Jerusalem also. Masada is. Masada didn't go down for about another fifty th- years. Three years. Seventy three. Seventy three. 73, 73, 74, according to Josephus. You might be right. I thought it was much later, but I've been wrong before. But, but Masada was the last holdout, really. But that's the, yeah, I mean, and I don't know that the embankment built up against, I don't know if that, that actually happened until Masada. I don't, I don't know if that, that happened in Jerusalem. Well, Masada and Jerusalem are distinctly different cities. Yeah, but they're in the same region. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean they're, and they're, if Israel, like what was left of Israel that retreated to Masada, Right. I mean, that would have been the remnant. Yeah. That it's like, well, at least we still got Masada. And right. then Masada fell. Like all this ties in prophetically. Yeah. And I just, I never saw it. But as soon as I, I oh, read really? that, in, that embankment thing, like, like, ah, uh, that, if, that happened. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode and you're not driving or something, you, you ought to Google the siege ramp at Masada. It is an amazing sight uh, to see even in pictures. I'd yeah. love to one day see it in person, but sure. even the pictures of it, it's, it's amazing. It was a, a city, a town, a village. Yeah, a village town, built, village, city, yeah. Built on a very uh, steep cliff, inaccessible uh, from the cliff side. And then it was completely walled up and protected right. on the remaining sides. It was a fortress more than anything else. Sure. And they had uh, cisterns and they had, they had everything they needed for a while. And Rome came against them and literally built with dirt ramps that just they just walked over the walls. Yeah. I mean, it took them a year or more to build the ramp out of dirt. Right. But then they just walked over the walls. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a heck of a thing. Yeah. And and the stories of Masada are pretty tragic. Yes, um, they are. It was. Yes. Yeah. We, we don't need to go there. No. But. Let's move on. Look, <laughs> how about that? Uh <laughs> But the thing that's in here that we don't know the answer to, but the, the, last, um, the last sentence in 44, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. You almost wonder, like, had Israel figured it out, like, and recognized Jesus for who he was, would we have skipped all of that? It's kind of what I think he alludes to. Yeah. Last few verses of this chapter and we're done. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer. Uh, That one is Isaiah 56, 7. But you have made it a den of robbers. Jeremiah 7, 11. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. What's that mean? I mean, they mean they were like just still thinking about it after he said it, like just still meditating. What do you mean, hanging on the words? Hanging on the words, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and 
and uh, the I think people hung on his words is like he's talking, oh, and, and they, people are just in it. Oh, okay, gotcha. And yeah. and he can't like barge into that and be like, no, this guy's awful. Uh, if you've been listening, because he's amazing. Okay, so so it wasn't later. It was in the moment that he was talking. They're hanging on the words, right? Because I should know that. I mean, I've heard this phrase before. So, hanging on every word, right? It's that phrase. Yeah, yeah, it's that one. So much of the the. Jewish leadership at the time was really a puppet type deal. Rome allowed it. They didn't have to, they just did. But the Jerusalem in particular kind of hung in the balance. History, Josephus and some other people record that, you know, it was such a tumultuous place and at any time Rome was ready to put the smack down on everybody and just, you know, one more revolt was all it was going to take. And the chief priests, teachers of the law knew that if they came against Jesus, the people may not side with them. And it could break out into sort of a civil war, and in which case Rome would have none of it. And so that was kind of the fear here that's in, that's encompassed in these words. Um, and this is sort of the beginning of the end of the, I was going to say the beginning of the end of the Jesus story, except mm. the Jesus story doesn't end. Uh, Jesus on this earth story? Jesus on this earth part one story. Okay. All right. There we go. You found it. Uh, As we move into these next several chapters, we're going to get into uh, the crucifixion and some other stuff, the resurrection. Uh, Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, And it's great stuff. 